0: This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. But you know what? They asked us not to read an ad. So enjoy the show, sucker! <laughs> Ni hao, everybody! <laughs>
1: Ni hao.
0: Hi, hi, welcome, welcome. This is Blurry Photos. This, even more this, is David Flora.
1: And and not as much as you are, but I'm to a degree, Dave Stecco. <laughs> We'd like to welcome you in yep.
0: to yet another fun-filled adventure down uh, Monster Town. <laughs> down what
1: the f*** lane? <laughs> <laughs> yep, going on down to Monster Town. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. Welcome to uh, Chicago's uh, the best podcast in Chicago. I don't the know exactly best. how we are the best. Uh, and 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 uh, Flora, are we getting better? I would like to think so, but uh, you know what?
0: It's 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 up to you, listener. It's up to up to you guys to tell us.
1: <laughs> That's true. Well, I'll say this: I, I'd say that I'd say that our, our listeners have done once again a phenomenal job, the Blair River Army. Uh, by securing us in another nomination,
0: that is true. We can now uh, safely and officially announce that we are uh, finalists for the podcast awards in the science and medicine category. Nice. Uh, thanks to you guys. Huge thanks to you guys. Absolutely. Uh, all all thanks to you guys. <laughs> it's all you. It, it's pretty cool. I mean, each category is is big, uh, but that's that's cool. That just means more. Uh, more bodies to step over when we're done. So, like, <laughs> what's going to happen? This is different from last year, Dave. Um, I know all those bodies, <laughs> those pod pod bodies, potty potties. Uh, what's going to happen now is they go to a committee of, I think it's like two hundred and fifty or three hundred and fifty people or something like that. That about three fifty, about <laughs> three fifty. That uh, judge uh, and vote on on these themselves. So. You remember last year? It was every day people could vote, you know, and it, and it was basically a huge popularity contest where the more engaged listenership and the more people that remember to do it, yeah, th- those are the podcasts that uh, that win it. Well, this year they've totally changed it. I feel like they've gone from uh, the the violet end of the spectrum to the Roy end, the the red. <laughs>
1: The, the, <laughs> the, yeah, they're more in the roy than the biv. Than
0: the biv, yeah. But um, eh, we'll we'll see how it turns out. When stuff like this happens, obviously I make a little badge to put up. So yeah, that, that's a nice little, <laughs> we get, a nice little perk.
1: We get badges because we need your stinking badges.
0: <laughs> but that's that's the news. And um, I uh, sorry for the um, hectic schedule. I I moved to, into a new apartment, and that you know. That took up more time than it should have. Uh and those take up a lot of time anyway. So, you know, back to Roland. When this comes out, now the pod time dilation, we're recording this before our campfire live stream event. Yeah. So the good thing is we have something in the cut in case uh all the equipment explodes or, or burns up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, listen. It could it it it, it almost has happened before. <laughs> it almost has happens every times we
1: turns these ons. <laughs> yeah, anyways. it has happens. So, Dave, how are you? Oh, I'm doing terrific. I'm just uh, I, I sound like I'm drunk, but I'm not. I'd like to be drunk. Did I say terrific? I think you did. Yeah,
0: that's I was, fine. I was going to give you a pass.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, no, no, everything else is going pretty smoothly here. Just, uh, you know, live in La Vida, Iowa, like I yeah. do. I gotta say, I don't, I don't have a hell of a lot to report on my front. It's all, it's all been pretty smooth sailing lately. So I'm keeping good, spiders though. in a jar on my desk. Yeah. You're trying to get over that furbia. I am. I am. I was hoping that by caring for one, I would develop some sort of empathy. It has yet to kick in. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, good on you for trying, I guess. <laughs> I watched a video uh, on Facebook of a guy trying to face his fear of, I guess, heights by crawling to the edge of a cliff. I saw that. That poor
1: son of a bitch. Yeah. I, I full points to him. I don't.
0: I don't think he conquered anything. <laughs> he might have conquered those pants he was in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think yeah those were those were conquered.
0: Yeah, they were definitely his after that. But um, anyways, I, I think we got a good show for you. Damn right it's uh, going to be pretty fun a creature that we've mentioned before and i i think i think has uh, uh bounced around in these circles um mm-hmm. and ken Hyde might have even uh, mentioned it when he was on at at one point but uh going to be talking about the chinese hopping vampire or dave
1: the Jiangxi. that's right that's right this is a, this is a pretty fun uh it, this is the one of those things that Um, you have probably seen before, um, this, this particular brand of vampire, uh, does make it out a little bit further into culture than, than I think even I expected once I started kind of looking into it some more. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's a, it's a fun, uh, cool regional version of, of a vampire that has a, I I, honestly, some refreshing accuracy.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true, or at least something you can maybe point back to and say, that's where you got that. Yeah. And uh, the the information on this one is pretty standard across the board. Did you find that when when looking this stuff up?
1: Yeah, yeah. There is, I mean, I think part of it is that there aren't, there aren't like a, a, a lot of individualized versions of it that I found. Uh-huh. And and all, all the versions that do come out are are fairly similar. They're they're, they're pretty uniform, and so uh, which is, I don't know. Like on the one hand, it's re- it's 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 nice when you're trying to make a podcast where you're trying to get information out. So you're like, oh, okay, everything seems to agree. But yeah, up. We're also doing a podcast where we're trying to find like weirder aberrations. So eh, I, you know, strikes and gutters, <laughs> you win some yeah. Lose some.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we really do. Scour places to find just the the weirdest stuff the um the origins of stuff that you know maybe you 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 don't see with a regular old Wikipedia page and stories and things like that and uh, uh to be honest, Dave, I thought this one might have more than what I ended up finding, yeah, but what I found was still good, so I think it's going to be fun and um I guess we can uh dive into it. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I, I agree with you that and I thought that we would find more just uh every every other time we've gotten involved in any kind of Chinese folklore, there've been so many variations and regional uh discrepancies, um or, or just many tellings of the story. I was surprised at how uniform all the stories were. That this yeah. is that this is kind of it's instead of uh, a, a folk hero that has a thousand different stories or versions, this is like, Oh, this is uh Abraham Lincoln. This is pretty much how it works. He had a beard. Sometimes yep. he didn't. Yep. <laughs> Honest Abe
0: moving on. Yeah. There, there are little variations here and there that we'll get to in, in the details of it, maybe yeah. appearance or powers or, you know, ways to uh, combat them. But, um, yeah, for, for the most part, everything is, uh, is pretty much in agreement. So let's, uh, let's get into it here. Um, listeners, Dave, everybody.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Mostly me.
0: So imagine yourself at a rowdy bar. It's late. You stayed longer than you meant to. And you've got work in the morning. Your home's not that far away, but it's not as close as you'd like it to be. (laughs) Stumbling a bit as you leave, you walk into a cool, foggy night. The sounds of the bar fade and echo behind you as you walk through the diffuse yellow glow of scattered streetlights. You straighten and walk confidently as best you can, knowing full well you wouldn't fool anyone who happened to see you. The faint sounds of the comfortable bar you're starting to miss are mingled with something new in the air. Pang. 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 The sound of a small gong bounces in the foggy air around you, coming from everywhere and nowhere at once. You strain your eyes on the road and trees that want to spin around you, and try to focus on where the sound could be coming from. Pang. Then you spot a shape moving in the fog on the road ahead. Pang. Someone in robes, walking toward you. Pang. Maybe it's the alcohol, or the dark, or the physical exertion it takes not to trip over your own feet, but you realize your heart is banging on your chest like someone who's just had their last dollar eaten by the vending machine.
2: (laughs) Pang. (laughs)
0: You see the figure hit a small gong and realized It's just a Taoist priest walking by You start to relax, thinking how silly you felt And you see a couple more priests behind him A part of you still cries out A small corner of your mind that says something's not right Pang Something important Something gong Something, something Pang You stop to try and sort the thoughts out as the first priest walks by. The second priest hops behind, and the third priest walks by. Pang. As if on cue, the gong hit lights up your memory, opening a window of thought in your mind. Taoist priests bang gongs as they walk to warn people. Warn about what? You turn to look at the trio, and as you do... The middle priest wobbles around to look at you. You notice peculiar garb for a priest. Old garb. Maybe even imperial robes. You also notice a piece of paper that seems attached to the priest's forehead. Then you lock eyes with him. A faint red glow seems to come from deep within its lifeless pupils, and your heart starts trying to climb its way up your throat as you realize you're not looking at a Taoist priest. Things suddenly become more focused around you as you hear the other figures, who are priests, whisper in harsh tones as the figure with the red eyes, its arms outstretched, takes a hop towards you, then another, then another. You start scrambling backward, tripping off the road as the priests start shouting and chanting, and the red-eyed figure bounds towards you, opening its mouth with a strange greenish glow from within. You feel nauseous and weak suddenly, like your breath and energy were being pulled out of you. The last thing you remember is the red eyes almost on top of you, the priests chanting, and the paper strip on the figure's forehead beginning to glow faintly, then black. You wake up in your bed a half a day later. So much for work. You try to get up and find yourself too weak to stand. Had you partied that hard last night? It didn't feel like any past hangover. There were too many questions swirling in your head along with the sound of the gong and the memory of the red eyes. And then the memory connects. The gong, the hopping, the paper. Had you had an encounter with a Chang-shi?
1: Oh, <laughs> we! Yeah, I like that you're getting into it. The world's best sound.
0: Such is a possible scenario one might find oneself in, according to Chinese folklore. The Chang-Chi, or Hopping Vampire, is a creature of the paranormal that can prey upon the living, especially the unprepared or those who don't have literally almost anything on their person to counter them. Yeah. <laughs> We'll be taking a look at what these creatures are, their origins, and some stories of this infamous Chinese horror. So stoke the fire, sweep the floor, and cook up a bowl of rice. A nice night in may be your best defense against these dark arts.
1: Yeah, or, or just, you know, is there a teacher for that this year? It seems to get harder every year. <laughs> Ma- Master Wu.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Didn't know much about the old uh, Chinese Hoppin' Vampire uh, before this, Dave. So it was interesting to uh, look into it and, and sort out just exactly what it does. Because I had in my head a completely different picture yeah. of what these things were. Yeah, when you first were. hear it,
1: I I was expecting some sort of uh, uh, Chan Chan style. I don't know. That's what I was thinking. Oswang, kind of. I really yeah, thought like, you were going to say as was aswang i aswang as, Wang as, Wang as Wang yeah i uh but I, I i i like i like the specificity of this particular vampire it is very specific yeah yeah, so uh let's get to those specificities yeah uh, let's, let's deal- get a good idea what we're dealing with here, so uh we know what it is we're up against and make no mistake blurreaaver we're up against it <laughs> it's common god i mean can we are we even allowed to to joke anymore i mean is it is it gone too far or, or is that still okay i don't i don't even know gone too far is in the rearview
0: mirror brother <laughs> no <laughs> shit. we are we are in new territory
1: there picard yeah it, it is this is a, a truly new week in america uh, with a k uh, where was i before i before my heart just broke again <laughs> Um, there we go. Found it. Uh, first of all, let's get the name explained. Zhang right. uh, literally translates as stiff corpse. Uh, the Zhang is a reanimated corpse with the rigor mortis fully set in and not set to leave town anytime soon. Yep. Unlike an actual corpse, actually, a rigor mortis is just a phase. And then you go right back to floppy dead guy again. In case you need to move a body, you know, do it while it's stiff. It's a little bit easier. How, bit easier. how long does that take? You know what? I don't know. Hmm. I I want to say it's like eighteen hours. Oh, Some, not, not guess, very long. Not very long, but I I don't really know. I I know that it is not a permanent condition. I mean, until it's, you dry out, and then it's permanent again. Until oh, you yeah. there's like a, a I guess if you looked at it on a, a chart, there'd be like a spike for rigor mortis, then a long valley, and then a slow climb up to desiccation. Oh Did yeah. It? Well,
0: with the 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 lore of these guys too, like over time and and we're talking you know decades to centuries at least you know the the rigor mortis loosens up and they gain more mobility
1: too but we'll get to that uh as they do have the rigor mortis set in they are unable to bend any limbs or joints which is why they are hopping they are just sort of tottering around on (laughs) tippy toes almost just trying to not fall over and presumably shatter i don't know um they are often depicted with outstretched arms, moving the only way that they that they can by hopping, and uh, thus the first half of their nickname, the hopping vampire. Um, and as we'll see, the second half of the nickname is both right and not right, but not wrong, but not right, but not wrong. But we'll come back to that later. Right, uh, as they are corpses. Changchi range in appearance from relatively normal human-looking, if freshly deceased, to all-out decayed and horrifying. Uh, their flesh is pale white, sometimes with a green tinge from either from mold or from a phosphorescent glow. You know, could be both. <laughs> um, different stories have different variations, uh, and they have been depicted with uh, sharp teeth, long sharp nails, and an absurdly lasciviously long tongue. <laughs> Uh, The breath of a Jiangxi is a weapon in its own right, a putrid, rancid musk that disorients and paralyzes the target. I can see how that would be the case. Yeah,
0: breath of a corpse. Uh, Yeah. Pretty
1: potent. They are often blind and track the living by listening and sniffing for breathing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they are commonly depicted, uh, almost always, as far as what i found, uh, wearing the clothing of a, a mandarin or a fish or, or an official of the, of the Qing dynasty, so they they always want to. It's it's like that bureaucrat outfit with the the little round hat and usually the uh, the the ribbon, the, mm-hmm. not ribbon, but the paper marker, yeah, obscuring part of the face, yeah, um, which, which we'll come back to. But
0: yeah, I I didn't know that uh, officials during this time were called mandarin.
1: Yeah, I did not That's know kind that of either. Confusing. Right? <laughs> yeah. And it turns out that, that they weren't the villain after all. <laughs> or were they? Or uh, were they? Uh, or
0: were they? Man, I hated Iron Man 3. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did. I remember that now. Just as I was saying that, I was like, I don't think Flora liked that one, Smutch. <laughs> Smutch. Smutch. Uh, often they also have a long ponytail or cue. And the clothing, however, may be a cultural stereotyping of the Manchu Chinese by the Han Chinese. Uh, in the loving manner in which a people will depec- depict their oppressors, so there is there is some internecine conflict there, some demonization going on,
0: oh yeah, probably get a lot of stereotypes with this sort of stuff
1: right it's just like well. In, like, ten years, are we going to have, like, zombie lore where everyone's just wearing red hats? You can't quite make out what the white lettering is on the front, but... Uh, <laughs> we're all, all going to be zombies, brother. <laughs> if, if you get if you get that close, you're already dead. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that these uh, these gatos may have a number of reasons for being undead. How did they befall this particular fate? Reasons for being a John Shee may include...
0: Body may be buried far from home, or the burial may have taken a while or been improper. A person suffers a violent death. A corpse has been struck by lightning or startled alive again by thunder. A necromancer has reanimated a corpse. A corpse absorbs an amount of chi necessary to reanimate it. A person's po takes control of their corpse. Or, my favorite, a pregnant cat jumps over the corpse.
1: (laughs) I love this list. There, this is all f-ing over the place <laughs> it's true there is uh there's yeah there's, so there, we've got some spiritual questions about the propriety of death rights and location uh-huh. so maybe that'll bring you back uh the manner in which they died there is the the scientific reanimation through electro uh, through electrocution yeah, yeah or just getting scared by thunder <laughs> scared <dude>. alive. <laughs> cheer absorption po uh, infiltration (laughs) and pregnant cat jumping that's that's a great list that might that might be my favorite list we've ever done (laughs) that covers everything there's nothing left there got a lot of it yeah maybe that's why china's always had such a large population is it turns out that like a third of them were died a hundred years ago. There's just so many reasons for them to come back. <laughs> do you know
0: much about the uh, Poe and the Hun?
1: No. No, I do not.
0: I I, I was gonna detail it out and it was it was just a thick ass fruitcake and I, I I did not have the time to
1: cut it and take the calories out, and serve it, and all that. So yeah, you need some you need some of those the Winnie the Pooh books to get through that you know like the mm. the Tao of Piglet or the the Tao of Pooh and the Tay of Piglet and all that.
0: Yeah, it. Um, I'll try to boil it down real quick. The Hun is it, the the spirit is dualistic. It's the Hun yeah. and the Po. Uh, it's it's a lot like Egyptian mythology in that respect. The Hun is kind of the higher aspect of it. The the better uh, half the spirit the po is the base or lesser half that is very like watered down simplistic terms of it it's much more complex than that but uh, somehow there are it's divided into like seven hun and like three po or so, or four po or something like that right that's confusing yeah it it's that's why this is why I didn't I mean we're, we're barely even cutting into the the cake and it's already dull in the knife but <laughs> So, anyways, if if the Hun all leave, if they go away, the Poe can take over, and then it's it's basically reanimating with evil energy. Uh, the 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 base, the bad soul, is taking over. So that is your Hun and Poe primer. <laughs> yeah, really, don't quote me on any of that. <laughs> I should probably recuse it from the record, Your Honor, but. <laughs> from what i from what i read i feel like that's that's what i gleaned from it i could be totally wrong cuz i'm bad yeah. at gleaning <laughs> we're bad gleaners glean on me oh cuz i'm not strong <laughs> i thought
1: you were mr glean
0: <laughs> could be i got the look <laughs> but yeah the uh, the the pregnant pregnant cat over a corpse that is that is weirdly specific and fun <laughs> And I love being scared to life.
1: What if you just released a truckload of pregnant cats in a morgue? I mean, you're you're a World War Z. E- World War Z. That's how. Yeah, you're
0: you're an evil uh, genius at that point. That, that is <laughs> that is your origin story. So, anyways, Taoist priests have the spiritual know-how and can-do attitudes to rein <laughs> these foul beasts in. Can can Tao? Can Dao attitude. <laughs> Man, we're burning these right now. It's like That's true.
1: We I'm, need to be more just, careful.
0: Yeah, starting little bonfires. Uh Taoism is a religious slash philosophical tradition of living in harmony with the source and substance of everything that is. Uh simplicity, natural order, compassion, and humility are some of its tenets. It's a lot like Jediism. <laughs>
2: nice Jedi.
0: Uh, It seems like, you know, there's a force. I am one with the force. The force is with me. So a Taoist priest should be able to cleanse negative energy and perform rituals and incantations to control or exercise evil forces. In the case of rogue Zhang Shi, priests can create powerful talismans out of little yellow paper strips on which they write characters in blood. Then. They recite incantations to activate these talismans and attach the strips to the foreheads of the Changshi, putting the undead under a spell of control. With the ring of a blessed bell, the priest can then cause the Changshi to take a single jump, effectively controlling it. So that kind of adds up. If you if you need to book it, that bell is going to get some <laughs> overtime pay.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: and you're going to get some dirty looks going through town, especially because they they do this at night. Yeah, uh, because it's the best time to to travel with a corpse. It's cool. You don't run into the living a lot. I might have that someplace in here already, but I'm getting to it now. But that's where you get the um, that's that's where you get how a, a, a priest can control them. They, there's a little bit of Making them hop through through magic, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, now, once undead, they seek to feed on chi, which not only sustains them. In some accounts, it causes them to grow stronger over More time. More powerful than you could possibly imagine. That's right. <laughs> uh, and we'll we will get back to that because that's a fun that 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 is a fun RPG list. But um, right. Fresh chi were particularly easy to avoid.
1: You're you're getting further into it. The further we go here, you when we started this, it was Changsha. Yeah. And, and like now, now you're like Chef Martin Yan. Like you're getting uh, into it. It's fun. It's fun to say. Um, By the way, if if anyone, uh, here, here's my 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 weird recommendation for for the episode. Uh, I think it was Ken Nordine last time. Yeah. Look up on YouTube, Yan Can Cook with Chef Martin Yan. He is fucking amazing. He does everything with a meat cleaver, and he can debone a chicken in, like, seconds. He is an amazing cook, and he's his cooking show is super fun. I don't know if Yan Can Cook is still on the air or if it's just old episodes, hmm. but uh, he is awesome. And the best part is at the end of every episode, he says, and remember if Yan can cook, so can you is <laughs> awesome. That's so funny. yeah, check out chef Martin Yan. He is amazing. Sorry. That's it. That's all right. I'm always up for a good video. <laughs> recommend.
0: Uh, fresh ones of these guys were particularly easy to avoid as any of the following list can stop them. <laughs> This is such a great list-filled episode! <laughs> and this is uh, this is where I cue up, uh, uh, up our list
1: music. There we go. Items made of wood from a peach tree. The Jingshu Ji mentions, Peach is the essence of the five elements. It can subjugate evil auras and deter evil spirits. Another such weapon is the Coin Sword. This is made by combining copper coins and red thread with the thread being used to bind the coins into the shape of a sword. The Chinese believe that if the sword was made of 108 individual coins and prayed over by a Taoist priest, it could be uh, used to drive away evil, to destroy ghosts, and to inflict grievous wounds upon a hopping corpse. Also, you know, it's money, so you could, like, break it if you needed money. <laughs> Loses power. But yeah. How about glutinous rice or rice chaff? Sweet chaff. Get them stuck. Does it also, like, mess with their heat-seeking missiles or whatever it is their radar? (laughs) Yeah. We've released rice chaff, sir. (laughs) Uh, How about the rooster's call? (laughs) Yuan Mei's book, The Zibuyu, mentions evil spirits withdraw when they hear a rooster's call, because the rooster's call usually occurs with the rise of the sun. Uh, How about the blood of a black dog? Bamble lamb. Uh, how about jujube seeds? The Again, the Zibuyu mentions that nails seven jujube seeds, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Don't know. Never never going to find out because no one will ever correct me on the internet. Uh, Nail seven jujube seeds into the acupuncture points on the back of a corpse. Someone pointed out, and then what? <laughs> <laughs> right. Because it doesn't really follow yeah. up with that. I think that'll, I mean, I Listen. If 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 you're dealing, well, is the corpse the vampire yeah. or a separate? Because yeah, if if you've gotten to the point where you're just nailing sh to him, you pretty much already won. <laughs> like <laughs> you, if you can dominate them to the point where you can drive seven nails into them, yeah, uh, they weren't that much of a risk to begin yeah, you, with. As my you've guess, you've already
0: nailed it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> zing. How about uh, a vampire's classic foe, the mirror? Yes. Well, this one, uh, unlike the classic Western or Eastern European vampire, they can see the reflection and they are terrified of it. Ooh. (laughs) Li Shijin's medical book, Min Kao Gangmu, mentioned, quote, a mirror is the essence of liquid metal. It is dark on the external,
1: but bright inside. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Lee. How about... Uh, Good old fashioned fire. What doesn't fire solve? Burn it all. (laughs) Uh, Zibuyu mentioned that when set on fire, the sound of crackling flames, blood rushes forth, and bones cry. Yeah, yep. Sure. That, I'll tell you what, uh, do you one better? Does not just apply to Chinese vampires. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much anything you set on fire will make the sound of crackling flames, and if that thing was alive, blood will rush forth and bones will cry. <laughs> How about the I Ching? Oh, scared of it? I don't understand. I don't know what that is, Flora. Is there any way for me to learn more?
0: Yeah, you could. Uh, you could go to blurryphotos.org/archives.
1: Oh, scroll down
0: through there. I think it's season two or three, maybe.
1: Yeah. The old Qing episode. How about the hooves of a black donkey? All these black animals. That's right. Uh, mentioned in Zhang Wei's fantasy novel, Ghost blows out the light. So yeah, i what, do you just just throw the hooves at it? Yeah, I don't
0: know. I mean, this one's questionable because it's if it's mentioned in a fantasy novel, then
1: wow. right. Yeah, that that's. Uh, I don't know that. That that's like that's like saying the one ring is good against them.
0: <laughs> Neo can can defeat. fight
1: yeah. these guys are real weak against lightsabers. Yeah,
0: kind of the same thing with this next
1: one. Vinegar, not sure how. Maybe you throw it on them. Maybe it's kind of like acid. So mentioned by coroners, uh, I would say that that sounds more of like a preservative kind of thing. I don't know. Uh, the <laughs> how about the bagua sign? Okay. Sure. <laughs> uh, Bagua also is called Pakua. It's a uh, it's a, a a meditative martial art, oh. um, and it's popular with Taoists, where you walk a, a circle. My kung fu school we had a uh, Pakua and and Shingi, and they are sort of like a, a a yin yang thing, where Pakua is always moving circularly. It's always about redirection, mm. and Shingi is very direct. It's a, the splitting fist. Uh, Jet Li had a movie in two thousand one called The One, where he was fighting all the versions of himself. Like I remember that, yeah. Yeah. And the big confrontation at the end of it is that the good version of Jet Li practiced Pakwa and the, the evil version practiced Shingy. So it was this great for, for martial arts and nerds, this great Pakwa Shingy fight. Yeah. Hmm. So wow. anyway, there you go. That's 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 what that is. There you go. Off the top of his head, everybody. Yeah, right? <laughs> Who would have thought that was going to come up?
0: <laughs> Let's turn on the uh, the old afterburners here. Urine from a virgin boy. Whew. I mean, that'll that'll stop anybody in their tracks.
1: Hey, uh, you know, Flora, if you happen to have, you know, and sometimes I just find it in, you know, like an old jacket pocket, any tongue shoe. Oh, yeah. You have any of that? Yeah. 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 You got that laying around the top of your head, too? Yeah, we don't know what that is. Okay. Uh, azuki beans. Uh, how about thread stained from a concoction of black ink, chicken blood and burnt talisman? We could do that. Yeah. Uh stonemason's all, uh, running water. That's pretty common. That's you a yeah, it. that's a vampire yeah. trope. An axe. You just got an axe? <laughs> just just that, get an axe. That'll just. stop a lot of things too. <laughs> have that. Uh, according to the Chinese concept of feng shui, a small piece of wood, about six inches in length, installed along the door's width over a household uh, over a house's threshold will keep the Jiangxi from entering. Easy peasy. Yeah. Uh,
0: how about if you don't have an axe, you don't have uh, an awl or beans, what if you just got a broom? You can sweep them away. Well,
1: I mean, a broom is an axe for, for dirt. <laughs> That's right? true. It's dirt. It's dirt's nemesis. <laughs> it's 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 natural foil. Uh, I, I imagine
0: the broom either sweeps them back or just holds them at bay.
1: Yeah, either way, you're doing <laughs> yeah, all right. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, they just hop. They can't put a lot of force into it. Just, you know, <laughs> how about uh, just holding your breath uh, since they hunt by smell and hearing your own breathing? Just keep it in. You could hide from them. Yeah, Forever. Forever. <laughs> Until you become one. That's how they get you. (laughs)
0: Uh, And finally, you can drop a bunch of coins or sticks or rice or anything else, Rain Man. And then that'll cause them to stop
1: and count it all. They
0: have to count it. Yeah, Mulder taught
1: us that in the 90s. Remember that episode of of, uh, X-Files? No. What was it? What did they do? it, It was this really weird episode where... Uh, it was hilarious because it was the one where uh, Luke Wilson was played a, like, a handsome cop and Scully thought he was cute and they were telling the story from each other's perspectives and every time Mulder was telling the story, he just had these huge ass teeth and you could barely understand. <laughs> <laughs> it was really great. And it turned out the pizza boy was uh, the actual vampire and he almost got Mulder, but then Mulder threw a bunch of uh, toothpicks or something on the ground, and the piece was like, oh, Come on, why'd you have to do that? And he had to like, go pick them all up, and Mulder made his escape. It's it's called uh, Arithmomania,
0: is that right? Sure. I think, I think that's what is called the compulsion to count things. I, like I call that. it
1: Mathemagic.
0: <laughs> it's more fun. Yeah, so. You've got options. Yeah. So there you go.
1: Yeah, if you're if and that's another thing that'll help. Yes, if you've got a coin sword, you're doing great. Sure. And because even if it's like, hey, I don't care about the sword, you break it, now you got the coins. Now you can buy a proper sword. Yeah, or you know what? Or buy an, an axe. axe. <laughs> yeah uh decapitation will most certainly put the creature down permanently uh, although getting close enough to deliver a beheading stroke is another matter altogether uh see also driving seven nails into its back (laughs) um for best results the monster's head should be struck off with a traditional chinese jian, which is a straight double-edged sword or a dao, a curved saber that widens uh toward the point fortunately i have one of each flora nice (laughs) i'm all set nice and axes. Yeah, damn it! I'm upset that I literally don't have one within arm's reach right now because usually I have a hatchet next to my desk.
2: <laughs> Always have an hatchet within arm's reach. <laughs> There's a couple of things you got to know about living in Iowa, sir.
1: <laughs> Keep your friends close and, and your, your hatchets hatchet closer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Get a um. taste of the hatchet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, according to uh, legend, lightning is fatal to the Jiangxi. It's also the reverse of fatal as it's how they get started sometimes. Yeah,
0: it it giveth and it taketh away.
1: Yeah, but as Doc Brown could tell you, a lightning strike is obviously very difficult to arrange unless one can manipulate the weather to his favor. Uh, Interestingly, it is said that upon the monster's evolution to its stronger white-haired form, uh, which I assume to be over 9,000, Uh, the Jiangshi can only be killed by a bullet or lightning, which could alternatively mean the sound of a gunshot or a thunderclap. Mm. Huh. Okay. Mm. Loud noises. Uh, Assuming the creature is destroyed, the corpse must be salted and burned to ashes immediately after it is slain to avoid the possibility of its resurrection uh, yet again. Yeah.
0: So, you know, if if a Jiangshi thrives at doing its thing. It can level up in true boss RPG form. <laughs> right. Also, bosses don't level up much, but. Uh, anyways, they start off as white Jongxi since they are covered in tiny white hairs. White Jongxi are definitely afraid of sunshine, fire, water, chickens, dogs, people, and every damn thing ever. Oh, bones. They also move incredibly slowly and can be killed very easily. Just pushing them over—that'll do you.
1: That's <laughs> where that the broom... broom again. Yeah. <laughs>
0: After a couple of years spent feeding on the life force of, say, ox and sheep and sheeple, the white hairs on their body turn black. These black changshi are still afraid of sunlight and fire, but will boldly confront chickens and dogs. <laughs>
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa there, big bad motherfucker! Back up. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have, I'd i like to imagine a couple of, like, adolescent chong like, hey, did you see this? Got my first black hair today. <laughs> Think about, about starting some shit with that chicken over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, whoa, gross. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You should have a few more oxfords. Don't tell me what to do!
0: <laughs> uh, they still take great pains to avoid humans and will only try to drain their life force once... The humans are asleep. So that's that's kind of classic Western vampirish. Yep. Several years later, with enough life force consumed, its black hairs drop off and its bouncing becomes more intense.
1: Lots of chi will make you jump jump.
0: <laughs> right. These jumping changshi no longer fear any kind of domestic animals and are extremely dangerous. While dogs become deadly silent in their presence, cats will hiss at them, even more so than cats hiss on their own damn time. That's a lot of hissing. <laughs> uh, after 100 years, big ol' Hildo, the jumping Chongxi magically acquires the ability to fly and can also climb trees and high buildings in a single Which it bound. Doesn't need to do anymore because it can fly. <laughs> right. These flying Changxi stalk their prey with ease. <laughs> And can <laughs> drain. Just, just
1: sinking further into it.
0: And can drain the life essence from any creature without even leaving a mark. I get Whew. the sense they can do that anyway, but.
1: Yeah. Eh. What was the mark to begin with? Yeah.
0: And then after nearly a thousand years, the Flying Chang inherits demigod like status and becomes a Ba, or drought demon. Ba can shapeshift into any creature cause droughts, and infect large groups of people with plague. It is thought they can even fly into the heavens and kill celestial dragons. Tens of thousands of years may pass before the Ba makes its final transformation and becomes the Demon King. The Demon King enjoys practically godlike status still, and has virtually limitless powers. So don't let it get that far.
1: Yeah. Broom them them down, people. Broom them down. (laughs) I'd like to see like the 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 old like uh World War Two era propaganda posters, <laughs> you know, like I've got my broom. Yeah, yeah. Keep the
0: jiangshi on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's just people beating one with a uh, with brooms. Now this this list, of course, you know, we we found it in a in a dusty corner of the internet. Doesn't it? It, it sounds pretty put together in terms of like. D and D creature, or like yeah, R- RPG leveling. That's that's what it puts me in the mind of. I I don't think it's totally like fabricated from nothing, just from you know like fanboy imagination. Uh, I I do think that it's coming from folklore that says you know the longer they are, the longer they're undead, the more powerful they get.
1: Right, and there's and there is in other uh Asian cultures, even like discussing like yokai, you know oh yeah there's that that hundred years rule where th- where the things change, so i I you know i I think there's there's a pretty good precedent sure culturally in the region uh for that kind of folklore for fear. yeah exactly, like you gain power over time, and that could you know get you upgraded armor, yeah, maybe maybe some bullet piercing, I don't know a mount amount, yeah, nice
0: <laughs> so. Why don't we talk about uh, where the stories of these might
1: come from? Yeah, the earliest surviving texts on jianzi come from Shaolan uh, and Mei's writings of the 18th century. Uh, the notion of such a creature may be derived from an ancient Chinese folk tale, which is called "The Corpses Who Travel a Thousand Miles," also known by the name of "Transporting a Corpse Over a Thousand Li." Which you'll you'll see that everywhere. Yeah. It is this story from which the belief arose that if a person died far away from home and the family could not afford a wagon to bring them back for burial, Taoist priests would, would be hired to reanimate the corpse. Then the priest would teach the corpse to hop back to their home village where the corpse would once again die, and then they'd be able to receive a proper funeral and burial rites and would hence be able to join its honored ancestors and be worshipped by its family, which... Is pretty great as a delivery service. Like, oh, can't make it to the corpse? Uh, don't worry. Dallas got you covered. Yeah. <laughs> but like any uh, uh, any Jeff Bezos or uh, UPS could tell you, sometimes there's shipping problems. Now, we don't know where it went. <laughs> The, uh, the priests, which were known as corpse shepherds, which is a pretty fing cool name for a priest. Oh, yeah. Uh, would only travel with the corpses at night, as it was cooler at night and thus more ideal for transporting the recently deceased. Uh, they would ring bells or gongs to let other people in the general vicinity know that they were coming through uh, with a corpse, as apparently it is bad luck to see one of these corpses. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Uh, a similar, if not identical, practice is known. Uh, in Shangxi, Ganshi, which means uh, literally driving corpses into Shangxi. In Shangxi, which is where the practice originated, it uh, was common for people to leave their homes in search of employment elsewhere. So when these people died, their bodies would be taken back to their hometowns. Uh, the reason for this is because people believe that the souls of the dead would become homesick if they were buried in a place that was unfamiliar to them in life. Uh, The corpses would be tied to two bamboo poles from the sides and arranged standing upright in single file. Two men, one in the front and one in the back, would then place the ends of the poles on their shoulders and walk on their merry way. Because the bamboo is flexible, it would appear that the corpses were hopping along their way in unison when seen by a casual observer uh, from a distance. The other accounts of corpse drivers detail a single figure in heavy robes, his face concealed by mourning masks, who carried the cadaver on their backs? Uh, a man in front lighting the way with a single lantern and calling out obstacles to the po- to the poor guy in the back wearing a mask and carrying a corpse. Sab. This has also been suggested as a great cover story for smugglers and other thugs. Because who wants to check? Yeah, no, you, you don't want to mess with. First
0: of all, it's probably it probably looks kind of freaky. <laughs> Second yeah. of all, you. you why would you? Why would you go up and be like? Let me touch on this corpse. Um, yeah, what do you got me,
1: under there, corpse? I'd love to peek into that robe.
2: <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> thank you.
1: But that's cool, though, with the the uh, the bamboo and the the appearance of hopping. Yeah, that is what
0: most um, uh, I think modern day scholars kind of congeal around this this idea, this notion that people would see corpses uh, being transported because of this cultural. Uh, taboo of of be of not being away from your home when you're buried uh these corpses being transported and because they're on flexible poles of bamboo they'll they'll be bouncing it's pretty cool, yeah, and you know what's funny is when you look up pictures of of these a lot of times you get like coffins with in with these bamboo poles i uh-huh. i I didn't see a lot of actual pictures of corpses standing uh-huh. up tied to these poles and, and being transported. So, I mean, I, I, I guess it, it had to have happened, but I just also wonder if that was twisted in, in to, to where the coffin magically disappeared in some of the tales, and you were just left with the corpse with the body.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if the coffin has the same place, uh, uh, in Eastern traditions as it does in Western. I just, I don't, Honestly, yeah. no. So I don't know the the manner in which they buried bodies then. So, uh, and I imagine if you're transporting it long distance, you know, if if you're cool with it, if you if if culturally it's fine to have that body out there, why why tack on the extra weight of a box? Yeah, that's true.
0: That's true. It it is sort of a a, a give and take, <laughs> like pros and cons. Well, pros, not having a coffin is is much lighter you can go much quicker cons. You have a body in a coffin. You don't have to, you know, have it out there flopping around for the world to see. Right. <laughs> might preserve it better. Yeah. Hard, hard to say. I mean, maybe it depends on how much they were paid. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if the pay had to have been there, it just, cause that's just unpleasant. Yeah. I tried to find some stories with this. Mm-hmm. There, there are stories out there and, and, the main source of a lot of stories of Zhang Chi comes from the Zibu Yu from uh-huh. Yan Mei. Uh, and this book is a beast to try and track down. In fact, I, I was not able to track it down because the easiest way for me to do it would be to pay $300 to get a physical copy sent from like. What?
1: Why didn't she do and then And then learn...
0: Uh, then learn Mandarin. Yeah. And then, and then automatically know the language. They actually, they have a digital copy of it on, I think the Kindle store or whatever it is, but it is in Chinese and I could not find a way to translate it on there. Or, you know, I, I, it's pretty weak, bro.
1: Pretty weak. Could have, could have done it. I'm not proud of it, but uh, (laughs) I can't believe you didn't learn Chinese for this episode. (laughs) I, uh, I
0: really wanted to get my hands on this because they said they, they have like dozens of stories of Chang Chi just in this book, which is, um, uh, sub or, uh, which is translated as what the master would not discuss. It's kind of a, uh, a bunch of short stories by Yan Mei, who was this 18th century, uh, writer, poet, gastro pub, uh, mm-hmm. fiend. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of the stories are very taboo, kind of subversive. There's, uh, a lot of sexual overtones in it. it it's, it's mm. stuff that hubba hubba know, eyebrows, hubba hubba eyebrows, yeah, <laughs> stuff that, that, you know, uh, people would scoff at in, in civilized society. But um, I did get his other book, which is called censored by Confucius ghost stories by Yan Mei. Uh And unfortunately I couldn't find any good examples of, of chunk in here, but I do have one. I want to read you later, Dave, bring it. Is it erotic? No, no, but you're gonna love it. Sweet, I, I found a couple of stories, real short, real short little things here, just on the internet. Then uh, uh, let's let's read those real quick, and then uh, sure, we'll see where we're at for time.
1: A man walking down a country road at night finds an open coffin in the middle of the road. Always a bad sign. Uh, he realizes that it must be the coffin of a Cheng Shi. He filled the coffin with rocks and broken pottery. Then he retreated to the loft of a nearby barn to observe the coffin and see what would happen there next. About an hour after midnight, the corpse tried to climb back into the coffin. Finding the coffin filled with rocks and debris, the corpse became angry and its eyes began to blaze. In the moonlight, the Shi saw the traveler in the loft and went to the barn. The man feared that he was trapped in the loft and jumped out the window into a tree, but the Jiangxi could not climb the ladder to the loft and went outside where it spotted the man after he climbed down from the tree. The Jiangxi pursued the man. The man finally escaped by jumping into a stream and swimming to the other shore. The Jiangxi could not cross running water. The Jiangxi stood near the stream, screaming and gesticulating in anger. Then it jumped into the air three times, turned into a wolf, and ran off. (laughs) See ya! Yeah, I I enjoyed that. Uh, I liked the fury. I liked the, the fact that uh, turning into a wolf was on the table the whole time. <laughs> yeah, right. And I loved that the guy was like, whoa, uh, coffin. I better fuck with this guy, but then not get so far away that I can escape. <laughs> right. I got another
0: one for us. In 1761 C.E the 26th year of the Kinlung period, there was a time of drought in Peking in its vicinity. During this time, a courier was dispatched with an urgent message from one general to another in a different city. On the way, while he was in a lonely place... Emotionally. It, emotionally, in, in his mind, a storm suddenly brewed up and the rain poured heavily upon him. The courier took shelter in the pavilion of a post house. Here, a lovely young woman joined him. She invited him to her house. The courier followed her, tied his horse to a post outside her house, and went inside. The woman treated him first with tea. They spent the night together, enjoying each other's embraces in bed. Do you you get it? Do you get the subtext there? But when the cock crowed, the woman suddenly got out of bed. (laughs) did it ever! Put on her clothes and left. The exhausted courier fell asleep. When he awoke again, he found himself on a tombstone in the open plain. There were no buildings nearby. He found his horse tied to a tree. Frightened, he quickly untied his horse, mounted it, and rode off. When he reached his destination, he was many hours late. Under interrogation, he told what had happened to him on the way. The general had the tomb investigated. It turned out to be that of a young unmarried woman who had hung herself out of shame and after it was discovered that she was no longer a virgin. Her specter had enticed and seduced travelers coming through the vicinity of her tomb, and it was suspected that her specter was the cause of the drought. The general ordered the tomb opened. There, inside, rested the woman's corpse, still undecayed, plump and rosy in complexion, but covered with white hair. This corpse was then cremated, the drought ended the next day, and the tomb was no longer haunted.
1: Nice. That guy was super embarrassed. Sorry, I'm late, boss. <laughs> that one is tiptoe in the line of Chung Chi, I think. Yeah. It's more well, no, of a I mean,
0: succubus type. It's
1: kind of a succubus, but you, you've got the, the drought, which is mentioned. Mm-hmm. You've got the white hair, which is mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and the life force. Oh, yeah. That cock was crowing. <laughs> Here's another, uh, story. Growing up in China, I've seen a lot of strange things that Western culture tends to ignore. Even so, I never expected anything more frightening than what transpired last summer. Okay, already this is starting like a penthouse forum letter. It shook me up so bad that this is the first time I've been able to write about it. I was born and grew up in China, but my parents and I moved to California because of their work. A couple of years ago I was accepted at Chico State University and I was excited to finally start college. One day while walking to Panama Bar, a local spot for cheap drinks, good times and excellent food, brought to you by Panama Bar, I met a strange old man who told me he was friends with my parents. It seemed pretty strange and I thought he was just some crazy dude at first, but he told me stories about my parents that I knew were true, the type of things only someone who was a close family friend would know. Even so, I was still skeptical. So when he invited me over to his house for dinner the following evening, I said thanks, but no thanks, creepy old dude who's trying to pick me up at Panama Bar. One of the most fun and exciting bars in the entire Chico University student area. Chico State University. favorite bar. It's 20, 2017's best bar to get picked up on by a weird old dude. <laughs> That's Panama Bar. <laughs> um... Later in the day, I called my parents, and they said that they did indeed have a couple of old friends in the area that they hadn't heard from since I was young. After hearing that, I felt I'd treated the guy from earlier a bit rude. But what could I really do now? Not so much as I just went about my day. A week later, I ran into that guy again. At Panama Bar. (laughs) Uh, We made small talk, and I apologized if I seemed rude the first time. He said not to worry about it and invited me over for dinner again. I hesitated a bit, but agreed to come over that night. I got to his house, and he told me stories of how he met my parents and the adventures they go on when they were young. After we ate, it's weird that that adventurous part is a link. What do you think that goes to? I don't know. I don't want to find out. After we ate, he started talking about the history of Chico and how there used to be a lot of Chinese immigrants in the 20s and 30s. He asked if I wanted to see an important part of history, and I said, sure. <laughs> Dude, this is like a how-to-get-laid-if-you're-an-old-dude maneuver. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Uh, He led me downstairs into the basement, which wasn't properly lit. Come on, dude. All kinds of great choices. I could barely see anything in the darkness. I thought maybe he kept old historical records down there or something. The man walked over by his wall and removed a drape that was hanging on it to reveal a good-sized hole. (sighs) He told me that the Chinese in the area had built an entire network of tunnels that connected from various houses. When I asked why, he said that they used them for opium dens and maybe many people would smoke up right there in the tunnel. I had heard about these tunnels, but thought that they were just a myth, or maybe only in Portland. So I was pretty stoked to see them in person. Wanting to check it out, I climbed into the hole and the first thing that I noticed was the smell of what I imagine rotting flesh smells like. The odor was like a dying animal. Okay, you know what? Nature selects against creatures that make bad decisions, and and this guy, nature is just doing what it does. It is it is, um, and I'm, I'm now I'm imagining it as Chris and the old man from uh, uh, Family Guy. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to see a piece of history? <laughs> oh, <my> old man. <laughs> I don't know. I'll climb in here. Uh, As I walked along, the old man started telling me how some of the laborers who built the tunnels were shot dead after the construction, and their bodies were never found. Uh, The further I walked along the tunnels, the less light I could see. I noticed that the old man wasn't following me anymore, and I shouted back for him, with no response. (laughs) I went to turn around, and just as I did from the side tunnel, I noticed a disfigured corpse sitting on the shelf. Before I could even process it, the the body suddenly hopped towards me, its face was in a perplexed stare, unable to move. Its arms, stiff as a board, were held directly out in front of it. In the darkness, I could barely make out the clothing it wore. A mandarin-style robe and what appeared to be a tall, rimmed hat. My blood ran cold, and it took me a moment for my mind to catch up. Growing up on the mainland, I heard stories about this thing, but I didn't believe them. Straight out of a nightmare, but as real as anything I'd ever seen. A Jung And it was headed towards me. Terrified, I turned to run, but tripped on the ground and landed on my face. As the creature hopped toward me, I got up and sprinted towards the exit. When I finally got there, I didn't see the old man and stumbled around in the dark to try to find the stairs. I bolted out the front door and didn't look back. Everything seemed hazy as, my, as I made my way out to the street. I pulled out my phone, but my fingers seemed so clumsy that I couldn't dial. At that point, I just willed myself to run. I eventually made it back to my dorm, and my senses seemed to return to normal. I told my roommate what had happened and he thought I was freaking nuts or had a bad acid trip or something. I called my parents and asked them exactly how they knew the old man. I was shocked to find out that they told me they didn't know anyone like the old man. The friends they spoke about were two female friends in the area. How did he know such intimate details about my parents and family? And how does he know that every Thursday is half price nachos and $2 pitchers of beer at Panama Bar? <laughs> I don't even know, but I haven't stepped foot near that weird guy's house again in fear of him and the terrible thing looming in his tunnels.
2: Well,
0: sounds like a ploy to get more butts in the seats at
1: Panama Panama Bar. Bar. (laughs) I don't know. I think that's kind of a a cool uh, telling of the story of like the modern... You know, there's a there's some cultural roots to the uh, uh, Chinese immigration in the early 20th century for the railroads or the late ni- uh, 19th century. You know, and true.
0: Well, that uh, that's all the the Jiangxi stories we've got right now. But yeah. Dave, I I've got one here that I found in doing the research. It's very short. huh. I think you'll enjoy it, and and I wanna I wanna regale everyone with it. Yeah. If if you'll allow, this one is called. Revenge of the Skull. Sweet! Sun Junshu of Changshu was extremely cruel and vicious, and took particular delight in mocking ghosts and spirits. One day, while he and some friends were up in the hills having a picnic, Sun found himself in need of a place to empty his bowels. Looking around for a suitable spot, he came across a dilapidated grave where a skull lay exposed on the ground. Sun squatted over the upturned skull and defecated onto the opening, saying, How did you enjoy that, my good fellow? (laughs) Much to Sun's horror, the skull opened its mouth and replied,
2: Exquisite!
1: (laughs) What? Who's the monster here?
0: Terrified, Sun ran as fast as his feet could carry him, but the skull rolled along like a wheel behind, and it was only when Sun had crossed a bridge that the skull ceased its pursuit. Climbing a hill on the other side of the bridge, Sun glanced back to see the skull rolling back to the grave. By the time Sun reached home, his face was a deathly gray, and he had become incontinent. Until his death three days later, the man would eat his own feces and ask himself, "'How did you enjoy that, my good fellow?' And then he would defecate and eat his feces all over again.
1: That is why you don't shit on skulls.
0: Big moral lesson
1: here. Oh, take note, Stop everyone. Stop on them skulls. That is awesome. That was worth oh, it. Oh, wow. Thank
0: you. Yeah. So, Dave, how about uh, just uh, hitting us with a little bit of the pop culture that
1: these guys have inspired and, and we'll wrap up. Absolutely. Well, there's uh, tons of movies have been made uh, for uh, Chinese market, with including Zhang Chi. And, uh, and, and as I said, even some of that, and I'm trying to remember, there was a great movie I saw years ago that was about Zhang And then when I mean, like, years ago, I mean, like. 10, 12 years ago. I don't even remember the title, but uh, it was like one of those independent movie theaters in Denver. And it was awesome. Um, I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense, but you know, I still enjoyed it. They make a ton of these movies though. Yeah. But, you know, as that Chinese cinema gets more popular, that's starting to accroach a little bit more into our Western cinema. So we see these kind of uh, what are well-established tropes in other parts of the world starting to show up a little bit more here in the United States, Uh, not only in – uh, deliberate like horror movies, but also even in comedies and things like that. Uh, Mr. Vampire is one of the biggest franchises incorporating jung uh, They also appear in uh, numerous video games, the Castlevania st- uh, series, uh, Vampire, the Masquerade, Bloodlines. Uh, Who? Did you know that uh, Ken Heights working on on Vampire yeah, these yeah. days? So that's pretty great. We should uh, ask him about Jung-Chi next time we see him. Um, oh, yeah. My favorite... Uh, Jung-Chi in pop culture would be Shenko, which is the character that started in the uh, Darkstalkers Capcom fighting game series and is one of the the few to keep, uh, I think it was like Shenko and maybe Felicia the cat lady. <laughs> um, there's not a lot that kind of keep making it into future iterations of the game, but uh, yep, she's a Jung-Chi with um, lots of weird, like, she's Kind of like if uh, Edward hands and Jung Shi had a baby, because she's got weird. like weird clipper claw hands that are gigantic. It's it's fun. Uh, anyway, once we when I started doing the research, I was like, oh, shit, that's Shenko. That's awesome. And there's uh, something to be said about
0: the idea of the Western vampire kind of bleeding into what the um, what the Eastern vampires are like. Yeah, and,
1: going both ways.
0: Yeah, and then and that's why you kind of get these days in the in the hopping vampire lore um you you get blood sucking now you know and it's not just uh chi mm-hmm. that they that they crave it's it's becoming blood of the living and that's why the like this one is an, an interesting missing link between zombies and vampires in a, in a way like we had discussed you know it's it's a reanimated corpse they you know they're driven by some kind of magic in a way but yeah it's not like fully intelligent like a vampire would be, but it's not brainless like a zombie either. Yeah, because you know if if it's counting sticks and 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 rice on the ground, uh, if it knows you know if it's scared of of certain things, there's
1: some kind of intelligence at work. Yeah, so. and it's also it's also kind of interesting in that it is the junction is just as miserable in its existence. You know, usually in a lot of these things, you know, the vampires are like, yeah, I'm I live forever. I can do this. Yeah. But the junction has really frustrating limitations. So it's almost trapped <laughs> in its own body as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, true. But still, you know, wanting to, to still wanting to count them coins. It's got to do it. <laughs> so I think that is kind of like a, a, a curse of sorts more so than, than some other folklore uh, creatures or monsters like, that they seem to enjoy their their lives as that was the jung doesn't does not seem to be having a lot of fun.
0: True. Well, I think that's going to do it for the chung Chi yeah. in a, a little white hair covered hopping life force stealing
1: nutshell. Yeah. The only thing that's going to suck the life force out of you faster
2: <laughs> is, is puns.
0: <laughs> so, sometimes when you can't sleep you dream of little fluffy zombies hopping over fences, sucking the wakefulness right out of you as you count the chong sheep. Nice chong sheep.
1: <laughs> Flora, did you um, know that there was a uh, a pretty famous guy, uh, a psychologist by trade, who actually had a pretty long-standing uh, effect on how people view uh, the modern views of the psyche and the self. Um, but it turns out that he had been dead for over a hundred years before he even started, uh, talking to people about his, uh, his ideas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know what his name was? I don't know, but I think he was ranked as a captain, wasn't he? <laughs> In the <laughs> Imperial Army. Carl Chung <laughs> <laughs>
0: Nice. Well, um, there's a philosophy where you can live in service of others, always bowing down to those above you and fawning over everyone but yourself. Oh,
1: yeah? What is it? Yeah, you might be a follower of Kow Taoism. <laughs> I like that. All right, I've got to, I've got, I'm, I'm swinging for the bleachers on this one, right? Are you ready? All right. Um, uh, in China, uh, there was a huge problem with children uh, falling victim to uh, these these hopping ghosts. Uh, and having their chi uh, siphoned off, and so mm-hmm. the uh, country was left with a, trying to find a way to educate the kids without scaring them too badly. Um, they needed to know what the risks were and how to keep themselves safe, but it, you know it didn't want to make them afraid to leave the house. So they decided that the best way to do it would be with sort of an animated cartoon set to music to keep everything. You know, a little bit light, but also imparting important information that the kids might be more inclined to remember because of the song. It was called Conjunction Junction. <laughs> <laughs> Junction Junction.
2: <laughs>
1: wow. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> Traveling with axes and maybe a coin sword. <laughs> <laughs> well, them's, puns. them's the puns.
0: Now it's time to bang the gong to warn everyone of the (laughs) (laughs) impending, don't make eye contact with it, but here comes
2: listeners. I'll
0: kick it off here with one from Eli. Hi, Eli. I hear he's coming. You you can't say that in America anymore, unfortunately, (laughs) but three dog night. I hear you. Anyway, uh, fairly new listener. Been going through archives between new episodes. I'm a skeptic and a big fan. Hey, that's good. Nice. Just listened to shadow people. Just wanted to say I'm a firm believer in shadow people, but also that shadow people are just repressed memories in forms of nightmares. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, he goes on to say, I suffered a trauma when I was young. And it was when repressed memories started surfacing that I started feeling that prickle on the back of my neck and seeing a shadow person out of the corner of my eye standing in my bedroom doorway or looming over me. Yeah. It's been going on for years and is awful. Sometimes it involves sleep paralysis where I'm absolutely positive there's someone standing on the other side of my bed and I can't turn my head to look. When I'm medicated and avoiding these topics, these things don't happen. And when I'm triggered, there is a huge spike in shadow person experiences. A very close friend of mine who lived with me for quite a while had similar experiences, but I don't believe it's anything supernatural as he has gone through trauma as well. Anyways, uh, that's all I've got to share for now. But I'll write in if I get left lucky enough to experience something cool while hiking and driving out in the Rockies. Yeah. Cheers, Eli. you, Eli. Eli.
1: Thanks for sharing that. That's a cool point too. That it, yeah, that like there's uh, that it's a it's a, a a almost a hallucination brought brought about by like an existing trauma or like a pressure from something uh, internally.
0: Yeah, that manifests yeah. Uh, men- mentally like that. I uh, I don't think I've heard of of something of of that theory for it before no, so that's awesome uh that's cool and thanks for sharing yeah eli. thanks eli
1: i got one here from tic-tac-toe tags oh it's right tic-tac-toe tag oh, writes hey D, that's us hey uh i've been going through your archives and it just struck me how long you guys have been doing this podcast i'm so proud of you guys for sticking with it thanks mom oh, hey. thanks uh, uh thanks for providing such great content for so long coming at you with a show suggestion and some puns uh and tic-tac-toe tags does provide an excellent show suggestion And some puns. Uh, You know those kids who seem real sweet, but they're actually faking it the whole time? They're called the Splendigo Children. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about those kids who are really into 60s fashion and chunky heels, dancing to Austin Powers music? You know, the Indiegogo Children. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I saw a mysterious and beguiling stranger through some misty fog. Do you think I should reach out to them over missed connections? Well, if there's one thing we've learned in tonight's episode, no, you should strike them with a sword made of money.
0: That's true. That's true. Although, um, missed connections might have some competition as, uh, if you stick around after the episode, you
1: will see for yourself. (laughs) What options you have there. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. Tic-tac-toe tags and thank all of you. you for writing in like you
0: do, man. We have crossed. Thanks to you guys. So many. Thresholds lately. Oh, I'm so yeah, I'm we so have. happy and 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 proud of you guys and proud of us and and just I'm 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 happy for it's it. It's a lot of pride. A lot a lot of pride in this.
2: I'm a man. I eat red meat.
0: But uh, yeah, Twitter, we're over four digits, which is big for us. Over 500 reviews on iTunes, which is wonderful, and we are screaming towards the second fildo on Facebook.
1: Yeah, we are killing it there. Um, we've got. Uh, I got, we're already, we're just 25 likes away from the second Phil doe. It's great. That's amazing. So thank you guys so much for that. That really, that really does, uh, mean a ton to us. So thank you so much. We are also, uh, as Flora said, nominated for the podcast words for thanks. So thank you so much for that. It is now mm-hmm. out of our yeah. hands. We're just going to Lake Cheebus take the wheel on that one. Uh, <laughs> so thank you so much for that. Uh, don't forget, uh, visit us online at uh blurryphotos.org because we're super legit. You can visit the look at the entire uh archive of all of our past episodes there. Uh also give us uh keep giving us those five star reviews on iTunes, keep liking us on Facebook. Before you know it, we'll be uh screaming and wailing about
2: the third hildo. <laughs> uh
1: also, like I said, we're doing the uh live uh campfire ghost stories this month for the um Jack slap level for the uh, Patreon backers. So we're super excited about that. We've already got some plans coming up for our next big live. Uh, we do a live show every single month uh, where you guys can ask us questions and maybe hear uh, stories about our lives or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's really Behind up to the you. Behind stuff. Yeah. yeah. I think what, what do we show? Uh, uh, we've talked about, we showed the um, never before aired clip. We once shot a uh, homemade TV pitch pilot for the history channel, like in our first season with Ken height, we showed that uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've gone over, uh, it's just fun. Like just stuff that we don't usually get to in the podcast or just really whatever you guys want to talk about. Yeah. Inner, inner workings of, yeah. of the show and talking such. about upcoming topics or even honestly, we'll also even go over like, Hey, we were thinking about doing this with the podcast. What do you guys think? Uh, yeah. at that point you guys are invested. So we certainly want to know what you're thinking. And, uh, so we always do that every month, and we try to have at least one uh, little bit larger event every few months or so. And I think we already we're not going to quite announce it yet because I don't know if you've noticed that sometimes we overpromise and underdeliver because we get excited. So we're going to hold off. But we I think we do have another one set up before the end of the year. Uh, what we that we're going to do? We are also screaming like a hell fueled freight train on rocket rails to Blurry Fotober. It is yeah. it is on its way, peeps.
0: I got big news for that real quick, yeah. and and I think it's time to share it because yeah. we need to give you time for it, but we uh, we have been accepted into the 2017 Chicago Podcast Festival. Well, we had better we, be. Uh,
1: We're Chicago's best podcast, damn it. I,
0: that, that is that is what I pitched to, <laughs> to the guy running it. I was like, hey, saw this was going on. You don't have us. Let's fix that. And it worked. We said it so, just that um, arrogantly. We're real preach about it. I mean- that's, that's how you get shit done. But um, we're we're going to be doing a a live set uh, for the festival Monday, October the 2nd at the Beat Kitchen in Chicago. Going to put all this, you know, uh, online and stuff. Mark your calendars. If you want to come to town, you see us uh, do a live show. Now,
1: with yep. this one, mark your calendars and mark your solops
0: yeah you're gonna you're <laughs> gonna want to mark your solos for this one um just with the weird schedule and and how life has to be Dave won't be able to make it in person to this no nope. we're hoping we might get you on skype I don't know if that's gonna be possible, but
1: yeah, I'll do whatever I can to to try to work that out so we can so I can at least get get a dip a toe into it but I would not be able yeah. to make it to Chicago for that day but uh, honestly, but. you're going to get an upgraded replacement. You're going to get a better version.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mark Mark Soloff has agreed to come on and uh, and co-host with me. It's going to be a great time. We got a you know probably thirty forty minutes of uh, of an episode. We've already picked the topic. It's for Blurry Photober. By that point, you can't go wrong. It's going to be a creepy fun time. Yeah. Uh, so so join us, please, if you can, for that. Like, like I said, po- Chicago Podcast Festival. Look it up. They should have stuff starting to, to come online for that, and uh, you can prepare. So October 2nd, Beat Kitchen in Chicago.
1: Boosh. Fun times. Uh, so, yeah, don't forget, we have, we've got tons of fun stuff coming up there. Uh, we also have, uh, as always, audibletrial.com slash photos. Get yourself a free audio book. Give us that monetary high five. Uh, check out the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. Also, check out the uh, Dark Myths Collective so many excellent groups of podcasters that we are fortunate enough to uh, be in league with. Uh, And it's definitely worth your time just to look through those lists. Uh, Look them up online. There's tons of great podcasts available that you could be uh, also listening to after you listen to us. I cannot stress that enough. (laughs) Me first. So yeah I, th- yeah, I think that'll uh, cover it uh, real quickly and succinctly. So once again, thank you guys so much for listening. You're magnificent.
0: Yes, thank you guys so much, and that'll do it for this episode of Blurry Photos. Stay tuned, uh, especially if you are a vampire looking for love. <laughs> New sponsor to the podcast. You're gonna, <laughs> you're, you're really gonna want to stick around to uh, to listen for that. So uh, for this episode of Blurry Photos, I have been David
1: Conflorces, nice, and I have been Dave. That was exquisite, <laughs> Stecco. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> and remember, if Yan can cook, so can I. Eternity's a long time to be alone. And if you're a part of the unblinking army of the forever damned, you deserve happiness too. Introducing Hoping Vampires. Helping the unbeating hearts of the forever undead make a connection.
2: Hoping Vampires is a new website dedicated to helping you find
1: a partner, not a thrall. So if you're tired of hunting alone and want to go from one night stands to the eternal unending night, Log in to Hoping Vampires, where our dedicated team of matchmaking experts, bound demons, and soothsaying crones will help you find that special partner for stalking and feeding upon the unsuspecting human cattle that infest this world. With Hoping Vampires, don't make the
2: mistake of sleeping alone through the day without the cold unfeeling touch of your lover. Our online questionnaire is simple and easy to use. Designed by our experts at undead dating. But don't take my word for it. I command you to listen to these satisfied members.
1: My name's Bone Shank, and I'm an urban punk vampire. And I've been feeding in New York City since 1911. Without hoping, vampires, I never would have found my sweet lady fistula.
2: Shut up!
1: Gotta love her. <laughs> My name is Fontaine Devereux, of the French Quarter Devereux. I've been prowling the rain slicking streets of New Orleans for close to 200 years. But until I tried hoping vampires, I never knew what it was to spend your evening in the arms of an undead forever lover. Maybe end the night with the Bloody Mary, or Martin, whichever's on hand. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my name is Jurgis. If you like sucking goats at night, living in dirt under empty shipping container, and waiting for victim in back of a hack you
1: might be my bloody. So start your journey today by logging in at hopingvampires.com. Hoping vampires.
2: Till death, do you
1: start? <laughs>